This is the Biz News Podcast, one-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. Persistence could be Bruce Weinstein's middle name. He describes himself as, in his words, a survivor, a grinder, a finder, and a minder. Those words point to his two lives, first as a financial advisor who had a successful 30-year career during which he built a $100 million book of business. His second career has seen him rise from financial ruin to create from scratch with his wife and a loan from two fraternity brothers an insurance agency that generated over $200,000 of new commission business by its second year. He says his main story is about perseverance, not giving up, dusting yourself off, and getting back to the grind. Bruce Weinstein joins us for this Biz News interview. You uh, have described yourself as a survivor, a grinder, a finder, and a minder. Minder, yeah. Now that kind of sounds like the start of a country and western song. <laughs> My dog left. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm sorry to hear that too. Yeah. Uh, but there must be a big story behind that. What do you mean by all of that? Well, the the survive the the survivors one story, but the the finders, minders, and grinders. A, a lot of people are really good at doing certain things and. As you build your business, you try and find people to fill in some of those gaps. So some people are really good at being a finder. Some people are hired to be the minders and others are hired to be the grinders. So a business usually gets hierarchy to find people in each of those roles. But as a sole practitioner entrepreneur, a lot of us have to be all three roles until you get to certain points and probably a big challenge, Doug, that that you probably encountered as well as others is it's hard to let go. It's hard to let others do the things because you feel nobody's going to ever do it as well as you. So that that's a big problem for me is, you know, letting go some of this, but you know, a grinder is going to be somebody maybe that pounds the phones, you know, cold canvases works hard in grinding out and finding, you know, there's their finders, right? So you got a finder, a minder and a grinder. So the minder is going to be somebody maybe who's going to, Keep tabs on things, mind the shop, make sure things are done. So that might be your executive assistant or something like that. So, you know, that's kind of how the three the three correlate. Um, the survivor just has to do with uh, the story I share um, very uh, um, humbly, I guess. And uh, I lost everything. I, I built I built a business over thirty years, and and I share it when I speak at events how due to circumstances, due to corporate greed, after a 30-year career, I literally lost everything. My home, my business, my license, uh, my ability to work with clients, my ability to make a living, and spent four years trying to figure out what's next. And eventually had an epiphany in 2020 that got me back to where I am today and restarting a business from scratch, borrowing some money from some fraternity brothers and leveraging the skills that I could still execute and ultimately make a living on and rebuilt a whole new business from scratch. Now, so which are- industries were you uh, in first, the big one and for 30 years and then the one you're in now? So I, I started as a 
the term in, in the day was account executive, but I was a stockbroker. I was a licensed stockbroker with Merrill Lynch back in 1986 and spent 30 years building up a financial planning, financial asset management, wealth management practice. And 2016, it all came crumbling down. I got involved with one of the major brokerage firms that you know, pretty much uh, is public record, but uh, they conspired to steal my business. And I got thrust uh, very unjustly out of the industry and uh, lost my business, lost my income, lost everything that I built for 30 years. And at 53 years of age, how to figure out what to do next. And uh, it, that that was a challenge. <laughs> that was a big challenge. A lot of people, a lot of people walk off a long bridge or a short bridge. They take a long walk off a short bridge when that kind of stuff happens to them. And or they write the country country and western songs too. <laughs> well, I, I you probably don't want me singing. <laughs> probably yeah. not. So, you know, it 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 just goes to I guess my upbringing, my background, my gumption. You know, I say you're a survivor. You know, when when you stare into the abyss the choices are, do you want to fall in it or do you want to, you know, move away from it? So I, I was staring at the abyss and, and I never, it, it never entered my mind that that's where I'm going to fall. So I didn't climb in a bottle. I didn't, you know, start popping pills. I didn't, uh, you know, look for a, a rope. And uh, I just kind of figured out, okay, we'll, we'll figure this out. You know, I had, I, I come from nothing. I, I was nice to make money, but you know, I, I've been broke before. I'll be broke again. I, I can survive and, and figure it out. And I believe in myself and my abilities, thus the finder, minder, and grinder, that I can go back and figure out something. But it did take a while. I, I had very limited uh, opportunities and I had to go find new opportunities. And eventually after four years, I kind of had the epiphany of let, let's figure out how to do this for ourselves again. And so to the second part of your question is, I was able to retain my insurance license, but I got my wife licensed in the insurance space as well. And so we started an insurance only practice where we do life, health, Medicare, uh, annuities, disability, you know, long-term care, but we also do property and casualty, which is your homeowners, your auto, commercial. We could even get you insurance for your cats and dogs. Like literally, if it has an eye, I'm your guy, anything insurance related. That's one of my many monikers, right? So I can't invest money the way I used to, but I could still plan. I could still help people and I could still educate them, which we started in December, November, December of 2020, right? As COVID was kind of kicking its heels up. Well, there's and a great, great time to start a business in the midst of sure. a pandemic. <laughs> Thank goodness for working from home. and. What I basically did was went back to the skills that helped me build my financial advisory practice. And instead of being a financial advisor, I'm an insurance advisor. And I can still advise financially because you can't take my education away. I just can't implement for you and be compensated. So what did I do? Well, I'm, I'm a finder. So I went out and I started to partner with licensed investment advisors that I knew to help me implement the other side that I could no longer implement. So they'll handle this and I'll handle the other side and I'll be able to still be the uh, the navigator of their financial households, which, and so it got me back into purpose. It got me to wake up uh, from that four year stagnation. Uh, you don't know it, we, we're, we're not a long-term relationship, but 
I've lost 65 pounds since that time. Uh, so yeah, it got the better of me. I probably, I, I didn't drink and, and, uh, and drug, but I definitely ate. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that four years was, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would, you know, during COVID had the similar issues, but I was probably hef hefty going into COVID and probably put on another 25 or 30 pounds. And on my 58th birthday, saw a picture of myself uh, just about two years ago. And I, I proclaimed myself, Doug, a fat sausage. That, that's what I called myself. I'm a fat sausage. <laughs> that's what I look like in that picture. And so I said, that's it. I had enough of that. And so there's the grinder as I went out and figured out what I need to do to get healthy again and take charge of my life uh, health-wise. And the first year, I lost 59 pounds for my 59th birthday. That's very good. And I've since worked, you know, worked a little bit lower. Thank you. And uh, so, yeah, so I just turned 60 a couple of weeks ago. And most most people, I'm only saying it because it's it's not my words, is they're like, oh, no, you don't look like you're 60. So it's working. Whatever it is, it's working. But I definitely look 60 when I was heavier, probably. But, Bruce, yeah. it's hard enough to start a business when you're young, but when you're in your late 50s, yeah. what did you have to overcome that you didn't expect to? Oh, man. I think that's a great question, Doug. I don't know how to answer that. Um, I think... I think at the core of your question is what changed from starting my business in 1986 versus 2020. And, and part of that is the changes in the world in the sense of caller ID, do not call lists, uh, technology, computerization, automation. So a lot of that didn't exist back then. And, and, and look at all the tools that we have today, 30, eight years, whatever it is, whatever the math is, 37 years later, uh, I had to morph over time and adapt into today's technology. Because a person starting in a business in this, this industry, you know, cold calling like I did back in the 80s, like it's almost non-existent. It's not an effective tool. So you know, I, I had to evolve over time. I do a lot of networking, you know, the more hands you shake, the more money you make. And so you got to meet people, you got to develop relationships. Now, what I did have to an advantage is I had a 30 year head start of relationships that have been built that I was able to maybe resurrect or um, redirect. Hey, by the way, you know, I'm back. I'm not doing this, but I'm doing that instead. And we could still help you. And if you need our help. So I didn't go back and get old clients, but I was able to get relationships, networking relationships going. Uh, I run my own networking group. And so I, I resurrected that. And uh, after, you know, hiatus. So I'm not sure if that 100% answered your question, but I'm a student of technology. And the biggest thing for me was to implement a lot of this new technology as a sole practitioner. And as an example, we use a calendar booking system that I can set a 15 minute meeting, a 30 minute meeting, a 60 minute meeting, a two hour meeting. I could do a phone, I could do a Zoom and I have all these links. So what do I wanna send Doug? I'm gonna send Doug a 30 minute Zoom link 
Doug wants to get on my calendar and, and have a conversation with me. And I don't have to go back and forth with how's Tuesday at three versus Friday at four. No, I'm trying. How about next Monday at seven? Here's my calendar. Find whatever works for you. And so my calendar is wide open for when I have availability. And when things are booked, it won't show up for that person to take that time. It's already taken. And so now I don't have to go back and forth with somebody six times to, to make a date. Right? How do you uh, go about finding new customers in terms of marketing your company? A lot of it is word of mouth. A lot of it is social media. Uh, reputation management, I think, is is key for any business owner. So a lot of people come to me because they've heard of us or reputation. But our new business, Doug, is a little over two and a half years old. And I've never made a cold call. And I've never purchased a lead. It's all been driven through social media. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, that. Uh, so just posting and putting things out to let people know here we are, what we do. And then online networking groups, in-person networking groups, and strategic partners. And so everything we get, we probably get five to seven referrals a week, I'd say on average. And it's all been inbound activity. I have a, a business coach that I followed, again, when I first started. You started putting money out and investing in yourself. And my business coach, I'll plug him, is Michael Burt. And he has a book called Person of Interest. And he talks about how to become a person of interest and drive inbound activity to you versus you chasing others. If that makes sense. So again, I have a lot of monikers that I use. I have nothing to sell, just problems to solve. So if I'm cold calling you, I'm kind of selling and I don't want to be that. I'm a consultant. I don't want to be, every, our job is to sell, but I sell in the sense of, well, you tell me what's going on and I'll help you figure out what the solutions are, right? So I want to solve your problem as a consultant, but if if you need a blue pen and I have a yellow marker, I can't convince you to buy the yellow marker. Instead, you need a blue pen. So part of what I do offers so much in the solution side, it's just a matter of identifying what do you need. Bruce, let me ask you, this is probably more personal than business, but anybody who had put that much effort into your original business, as you obviously did, hmm. you must have exited with a remarkable amount of anger. I think anybody would. <laughs> How did you control it and change it? Uh... I mean, disappointment for sure. You know, again, I, I I think my emotional aptitude as a 53-year-old and, and having walked through that many years of adulthood and other problems along the way, and again, I give it as an example to bear some more of my soul, and it's in my story of origin. My mother died of cancer when I was 22. She was 45. My folks divorced when I was eight. My mother got sick when I was 17 and eventually died when I was 22. So I had a lot of challenges as a young adult child between divorce and, and dealing with all of that as a, as a eight-year-old, 12-year-old, 15-year-old, to then at 17 and you're becoming a man. To, to see your mother fighting with chemotherapy and cancer 
treatments and radiation and then dying. And that hell, it was hell. No ifs, ands, or buts. And so when I became a financial advisor, a stockbroker a year later, I wanted to help people. But I guess I was prepared as a young child to deal with catastrophe, catastrophe type situations, right? Like I'm not somebody who run. If, if you saw somebody lying in the street, hit by a car or having a convulsion or bleeding, like how many people run away and don't act versus I'm always the one that's going to act. Like I don't, my wife will, if somebody's bleeding, my wife will go the opposite direction. Like she's not, she's afraid. Like a lot of people are afraid. If you're choking. How many people in a restaurant watch the person choke? How many people jump up and actually help the person with the Heimlich, right? <laughs> so I'm an action taker. I've never been somebody that's going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just watch and stand by. So I think a lot of that scar tissue I built over the years, Doug, prepared me for this disaster in my life at 53. And I think I had the emotional and mental capacity to deal with it. And it's just, I don't know where it came from and and, and the makeup in there, but I, I just said, I still have the ability. I'm waking up every day. If I'm above ground, it's a good day. I have an ability to go out and and make money. I'll figure out how to make that money. And that took time. That There was a lot of obstacles there because you have a skill set for something you did 30 years. Nobody wants to hire you. I never really had a job. I was always self-employed, self-generating my income. I mean, you're a stockbroker. You're a financial advisor. You might work for a firm, but they don't pay you. They give you a percentage of your commission. So I got to shoot to eat. I got to go out and hunt, right? That's the finder, minder, and grinder. That's the finder. I got to be a rainmaker. So I'm a rainmaker. I'm in a relationship with a brokerage firm. The brokerage, I bring in the revenue. They're going to allow me and pay me a percentage of that revenue. And they're going to keep a percentage of that revenue so I can use their name. But at the end of the day, they're not paying me. If I stop selling, I don't make a paycheck. So I've always been self-sufficient in that regard. And so now the challenge was, well, how, how do I how do I figure out how to make a new income stream for myself? I drove Uber for a year just to get some kind of revenue going and get my head uh, a little bit more clarity and figure out what. And then you know I started putting resumes out there and looking for jobs. But everybody wanted what I did, and I'm like, I can't do what I did. I'm like, yeah, I want to do what I did too. <laughs> I can't. So I had to reinvent myself. I had to go figure out something different, and eventually kind of came full circle where, and I think this is the reality, I denied being any of me because I couldn't be what I was. And the epiphany finally came in 2020. I'd rather be some of me than none of me. And I spent those four years struggling to figure that out, to eventually having that aha of like, I can still do this. Let's figure out how to do this. And that's what reignited me. And that's what got me motivated again and, frankly, gave me purpose, gave me reason to get up, gave me reason to get back in shape and stop being a fat sausage. And now eventually created my podcast, Ask the Plan Man, and it's promoting and helping people in the world of financial literacy, insurance, and, investments. Go ahead. And and where, where can our listeners and viewers get more information? Website, perhaps? Well, the, the podcast is easily reachable at planman.tv. 
So that's our YouTube channel. So that's a quick and easy type in. But yeah, uh, my business website is weinsteinwealth.com. But if you just go to planman.tv, you can hunt down all our contact info. And I've got 800 numbers and emails. You want me to throw those out? I can, I can shout them out. So it's 844-PLANMAN. And it's Bruce at Ask the Plan Man for email. So anything, ask, A-S-K, A-S-K, Ask the Plan Man. Very, very good. And what would you like to add that we haven't had a chance to talk about? Oof. Everybody needs a plan. Everybody deserves a plan. It's never too late to start a plan. Planning is more than just fiscal. Health plans, tax plans, business plans, exit plans, right? So planning is a big part of the human experience. And so that's what I'm promoting. That's what I think people need to do. I don't do all of that stuff, but Ask the Plan Man covers and talks about, and I bring in experts on other topics of planning that's not in my wheelhouse, but everybody deserves a plan. So go get a plan. You've been watching the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. Send your email to editor at biznews.com. Thanks for watching.